continue in this idea of focus. And God's given me a second word for the series, and it's called Faithful. Next week, God willing, which will be our last week in the building here, um, and we'll talk more about that at the end of the service, uh, I'm going to talk about finish, how to finish well, and the importance of finishing. There's a lot in the Bible about how to finish. But today we're going to talk about being faithful. All right, let's start with a big idea this morning. And if you're taking notes, if you're interested, you can bring up the Bible app, the Genesis Bible app, and uh, take notes in there. That's available to you. The notes are there. Uh, or write them down on the back of your handouts. Anybody not get a handout this morning? A, a bulletin? Anybody need one? All right, one's coming. Anybody else? Okay, and over here on the right too. Great, thanks. Here's our big idea for this morning, talking about being faithful. Faithfulness thrives where faith refuses to hesitate. Faithfulness thrives where faith refuses to hesitate. Last week we read Hebrews chapter 2, or excuse me, 12, and verse 2 that says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now, we talked about focus and how focused Jesus was. But we really didn't talk about this part that says, who for the joy that was set before him endured. <laughs> See, you've, you can't always live and have a vision just for what's going on today. You've got to be able to look into the future. If you live in today, you will stay in your past. But if you have a vision for the future, God will bring you in to all of the blessing, all of the good things that he's planned for you. Don't get stuck in today. Jesus who for the joy that was set before him, he looked into eternity and he saw you. He looked into eternity and he saw me. He saw me coming to Jesus. He saw you surrendering your life to Jesus. He saw you following Jesus. He saw you here this morning with your hands uplifted worshiping. He saw it while he was hanging on the cross. He saw it. And he said to himself, this is worth it. This is worth it. I can go the distance. I can make it. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Because he saw you. And it brought joy to his heart. 
What are you looking at this morning? See, faithfulness thrives where faith will look into the future and refuse to hesitate. I mean, it will grab a hold of your future. I like this word foresight. When I was thinking about what to call this faithfulness, future, foresight, I couldn't get away from this word, foresight. The thesaurus says that a synonym for foresight is joy. Who for the joy set before him, he, for, he foresew. Is that a word? He foresaw you. It also means expectation. Now, do your Bible. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, we're told that faith is the substance of things expected. Expected, hoped for. Hope means a confident expectation. See, it's all tied together. Jesus, while hanging on that cross, was still using his faith to believe for you and me to come into a relationship with him. And because of that foresight, that expectant heart, it released something in him that despite the pain, despite what he was suffering, He said, I can go through this. I can make it. How about you today? How about your cross? How about all the things that have not been going right for you? See, if you're just living in today, you'll get stuck in your past. But if you have, if you have, if you gaze into your future, if you have an expectancy and you look into the future, God will be able to bring you in to everything he's promised. Webster says that the word foresight means an act of looking forward. I love that. So we see that then faithful not only defines responsibility, it defines the expectant heart that's willing to believe God for the impossible. Used to be whenever I heard the word faithful, I began to think about all the things that I was responsible for and that I wasn't doing well. And I needed to man up and be more faithful, you know. So then that got me over into behavior modification. And it got me into shame and guilt because I knew I wasn't measuring up. How about you? Uh, has anybody else ever identified with the word faithful like that. You just, and, and you'll hear people preach. You need to be faithful. You've got to be more faithful. God expects you to be faithful. The problem with that is it doesn't do anything for the heart to put that joy there that looks into the future and expects because it just has us stuck in today, ashamed of what we haven't gotten done, we're stuck in today guilt, feeling guilty over what, where we haven't been committed. And so we're, we're, we're stuck in that place like those who are in a bomb shelter looking out. <laughs> but God himself, listen to this, God is faithful. 
This is an attribute of God. God is faithful. God doesn't expect me to be faithful unless he's faithful. And God's faithful. In fact, my being faithful, we're going to find out this morning, is plugged in to his faithfulness. Jesus took a risk on me. Jesus died with an expectant heart, a heart that risked loving me and loving you when you were still a sinner. When I was yet a sinner, Jesus, with an expectant heart, took the risk and died for me, believing that one day I would come into a relationship with Almighty God. Wow. How about you this morning? Are you looking out into your future? Are you seeing the possibilities? Are you seeing past what looks impossible right now? And are you seeing the possibility of what God says he will do? Everything God has promised you is true. It's going to happen. I think about the woman who was caught in adultery and they brought her to Jesus and tossed her on the ground in front of Jesus and then they all stood around in a crowd and all the men picked up big stones getting ready to stone her. Remember that? I submit to you that it wasn't her adultery that found her there before Jesus. It was Jesus who drew her there in spite of her adultery, through his faith being expressed by his love. You see, his proximity to people's reality always causes them to entrust their heart to him. Jesus didn't have any problem with her adultery. Why? Because he was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Her adultery was already forgiven. She just needed somebody who would raise her vision, who would dream and hope in her and believe in her. And he knelt down in the ground and he wrote something we'll never know exactly what. I think it was the names of all of the other or all of the men who stood there with stones who had had sex with her. And he was writing their names in the sand and they began to back up. And he said, let the first one who is among you, who's without sin, let, the, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. They all dropped him, began to walk away. And he, he said to the woman, where are your accusers? Boy, don't we live in a world surrounded by accusers who are always finding the worst, always bringing up what's the worst, always looking at the worst. And she looked around and they were all gone and she said, Lord, they've all left. And he said, neither do I accuse you. Go. Sin no more. Now, interesting, Jesus forgave her sin before he had died on the cross. How's that possible? 
how did Jesus forgive? And that wasn't the only instance. He did that all the time. He'd tell people, your sins are forgiven. Now, how do you do that if as the Savior you haven't yet shed your blood and died on the cross? Think about it. He was a lamb slain before the foundation. You see, in the mind and heart of God, forgiveness was already a fact. Jesus forgave out of faith. The same faith where he looked down through the eons of time. And he saw you. And he saw you. And he saw you. And he saw me. Loving him, worshiping him, praising him, living for him. And he believed. Out of that came a faithfulness. You see, some don't care or they just can't see their future because it isn't filled with hope and joy. And that's where I say to you that our confidence cannot be in our circumstances. It has to be in the Spirit of God and His supply. Vision looks for a mouth to speak it. Faith looks for a heart to believe it. A dream looks for a person to embrace it. And the future looks for a person who will expect it. Who are you this morning? Are you expecting God to do something great in your life? Or are you stuck in today? Or maybe even stuck in your past? Now God is faithful. He not only will bring you out, but he wants to give you a great future. He wants to turn our lives upside down and shower us with abundant blessing. He wants us to live in provision and a rich blessing in life. Listen to this, Proverbs chapter 28 Verse 20, a faithful man will abound with blessings. You say, well, you, you don't know the things I've done. Listen to me. Changing your future is as simple as seizing the opportunity in your next moment. Let's park there just a minute. Changing your future is as simple as seizing the opportunity in your next moment. You can decide while sitting in that chair this morning, you know what? My life's going to be different when I walk out of here. Jesus already paid the price. He's already done it all. He's already forgiving, forgiven me of everything. He's already given me a life full of blessing and rich provision. Now I'm going to stop living in my past and I'm going to start living in my future I'm going to be faithful with what God has provided you see faithfulness isn't only about a commitment to a responsibility faithfulness has to do with me believing what God says about me is true Faithfulness isn't me fixing me. It's about me fixing my gaze on Jesus. And, and being faithful is a result of the expression of 
Jesus' residence in me, not my external efforts to modify my behavior. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jesus, for setting me free from this law-based religion of performance where even the beautiful word of faithfulness, it was difficult to hear it. Difficult to be around it. Difficult to hear it mentioned in a sermon because it always had that context of what I wasn't, where I fell short, what I needed to do better. And I'm here to tell you this morning, God is faithful even when you and I, the Bible says, are not faithful. He remains faithful. He's just waiting to pull us out of our past and take us into our future. Are you ready to believe him? Are you willing willing to turn on that expectant heart that it can all change in a moment? Starting this morning right now. Join me in the book of Hebrews. Let me show you a passage here and we'll do our best to end a little early this morning so that we can talk to you about some of the plans for the end of the month here. I, I just had a few ideas that I wanted to share with you about being faithful. Hebrews chapter 3, and we're going to begin reading in verse 5. Hebrews chapter 3, find that, that's in the New Testament. Now Moses was faithful, everybody say it. Faithful, read it with me. Now, Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant. Say it out loud servant, underline it, servant, to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. So, Moses and everything Moses did and everything Moses gave us, thank God for Moses was meant to be a prophetic looking forward. It was never meant to be turned into a law code that would bind people and steep them in a religion that uh, caused them to live towards God in performance. God never desired that. But he was faithful as a servant. Get that, he was faithful as a servant. But now there's an analogy drawn here to testify to the things that were spoken later. But Christ is, read it, faithful over God's house as a son. Notice the comparison. Moses was a servant. Jesus was a son. Moses was faithful. So was Jesus. But Moses was faithful as a servant. Jesus was faithful as a son. You see yourself anywhere in there? I used to live completely as a servant. I just wanted to be a good servant of God. I've been delivered. (laughs) I've been set free. I don't want to be a servant of God. I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to feel like... Every action, every word, every attempt to please, everything I do for, every time I'm trying to be mindful 
of him. Every prayer meeting I go to, every time I, I pull aside and read my Bible, that I'm doing it as a servant trying to please, and, and based on my performance, he'll reward me. I don't want that kind of relationship with God. I had it for too many years. I want to be a son. I want to be a son who just walks right up to the throne and says, how are you doing today, Dad? Ooh, I love you. See, even shame and guilt over something you've done that you knew was wrong just kind of tends to melt away like wax in a hot fire as you approach his presence. See, that's the difference between you and God. As you approach God, the first thing on his mind is, man, I'm crazy about you. I love you. How's your day been going? Man, it's awesome to see you again. First thing on your mind, the sin you committed yesterday and your need to you know, repent and get forgiveness and feel shame and is this helping anybody? Yes. Yes. Wow. See, Jesus said, if we'll become like a child, what is it about a child? Well, for the next 12 to 14 years especially, she is going to come to you guys and just look at you and say, Papa, <laughs> Mama, with expectant heart. See? She'll have to learn, and hopefully she never will get stuck in it. She'll have to learn your disapproval. She'll have to learn the way of the world of guilt and shame and not being forgiven. And not looking into your future. And she'll, she'll have to learn that if she's going to get stuck in any of it. Because that's not how God created her. And God wants us to be like a child who just comes before him. Sort of oblivious to the things in our life that don't please him. And then, you know what? I'd rather have God tell me about something than you tell me about something. That's why I'm not afraid to spend time in God's presence. Because when he tells me about something in my life that's not right, he does it in a much nicer way than you would. <laughs> you want to exact punishment. You want to tell me how bad it is. And you want to tell me the path to earn back forgiveness and favor. God says, my favor and my forgiveness and my love never changed. You adjusted. So get back over here. <laughs> through Jesus that's cleansed that's gone and you're free now lift your lift your side again look back into your future I took care of this when the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world I took care of it don't you spend another second wallowing in that mess so Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Watch this. And we are that house. <laughs> Say it. I'm the house of God. I'm the new dwelling place of God. I love it. 
You see, a son is concerned with ownership, excellence, longevity, investment. A servant is preoccupied with payment, treatment, importance, safety, risk. As a son, I'm faithful because it's in my DNA. As a servant, I'm faithful depending on my circumstances and how others treat me. Are you listening? A servant is faithful only because he's a hireling. His primary goal is self-preservation. A son, on the other hand, is faithful because he shepherds the flock. He's a minister to the gathering. He's a voice to the generation. And dear ones, you are all sons and daughters. You are not slaves. You are not servants. You have his DNA. So you know why I love to come to worship the Lord in a gathering like this with all of you? I don't do it out of shame. I don't do it out of guilt. I don't do it out of obligation. I do it because it's a joy to invest. It's a joy to be here with you. In fact, I even look forward into the future of two, three, four, five, six times this many seats being filled with people whose lives are being transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ who come into a relationship with our Lord and learn about the great kingdom that he's brought us all into. Man, I look forward to that. It keeps me going. When times get rough, Dave, when it it just feels like maybe somebody else should do this. You know, I'm not as young as I, you know, (laughs) right? And, and so, sometimes, some days, it just feels like somebody else ought to do this. How at my age are we just getting started with 16,000 square feet, huh? How at my age are we just now getting started about realizing the dream of 500, 1,000, 1,500 people where then we can break off and have campuses in different parts of the Denver Metroplex? And just keep growing and repeating this thing. See, I have no desire to grow for a number's sake. I have a desire to reach a community that doesn't know about Jesus, that hasn't heard this great gospel of how they don't need to be stuck in today or their past, but God has a beautiful future for them. And it starts with a revelation of them being redeemed to the Father already in Christ. A son, let me reread this part. A servant is faithful only because he's a hireling. His primary goal is self-preservation, but a son is faithful because he shepherds. He's a minister. He's a voice to his generation. Church, you need to seize the day. We have such an opportunity before us. There's some of you sitting in here that have been a part of other churches who have come right up to the precipice, pre- pre- the, the, the border, the, the edge of this same thing, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? And some you've seen take that leap into their future successfully, and God just 
in a crazy way, poured out his power, and it grew, and they began to reach masses of people, and it was just exciting, the change, the transformation they brought to their community, where today, if that church folded and left, the community would miss them. I mean, the community would know they're gone. That's, that's a standard. That's my goal, that when this thing is over, my time is done, to know that this church is so healthy, so transformational in our community, that if its doors closed, they'd actually start asking questions. They'd get with the mayor. They'd find out why, what happened to Genesis. Wouldn't that be a great testimony? But some of you have also been part of churches where they got right up to that, that place and they didn't go. They stepped back. They got in fear. They forgot God is faithful. They forgot that faithfulness also means being full of faith. Faithful. And they realized our big idea here this morning. Read it back to me. Somebody wrote it down, didn't you? Faithfulness, say it out loud, faithfulness thrives where faith refuses. You know what? We have a decision to make, Genesis. Look at me. We have a decision to make, Genesis. And even if you're a guest or friend this morning, you have a decision to make in your Genesis right now. Because every one of you are facing a Genesis, which means a day of new beginning. You can be stuck in your past because you're afraid of the future or you haven't come out from the bomb shelter trying to preserve yourself or you can take the risk that's inherent in faith and you can step over and go for it. I mean, it is sink or swim. Go for it and watch God. Watch God take care of us. Watch Jesus was hanging on that cross now, God wasn't there holding his hand, you know, being an encouragement to him. Remember what he said on the cross? My God, my God. If there's, you know, before the cross, he said, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Then on the cross, he uttered, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, there's a bunch of theology behind that that we won't get into today. But he was a man. He was sensing. He was sensing what you and I sense every time we're faced with the faith of a new day, with the step that could take us in to a whole new future. And as I said last week, he could have called 10,000 angels and they would have snapped him off of that cross and they would have all gone back to heaven but for the joy set before him. He saw you. He saw you. He saw you, Jim, serving him, loving him. He saw you. Mary, he saw you back there waving those flags, worshiping God, living for him. He saw you. And he said, no. God, right now, <laughs> I wish there were another way. But I'm not going to give up. I risk my entire future. Here we go. And he leaped and he died. Believing, Jim, that you would serve him. Believing. 
Bob and Linda, that you would be here this morning loving him. We stand on an edge this morning, personally and as a church. Are you willing to jump? I'm here to tell you God's faithful. And the beautiful thing is, he's going to do it through you. Are you ready to connect with a dream? You need to seize the day. You need to seize the day. This is your day. You need to seize the day. Carpe diem. <laughs> your, your daughter was so cute last week. She came up to me afterwards and said, that's my favorite movie. And then she quoted a line from it. She looked right up into my eyes, her big, beautiful eyes, and she said something so precious. She said, Captain, my captain. <laughs> that means something to those of you that have seen the movie. Jim went home and rented the movie and watched it. <laughs> Texted me later. You've changed my life. And I rented the movie and watched it. Captain, my captain. I'll tell you what, if I'm going to be anybody's captain, you better get ready to leap. Hook up with a vision that's going somewhere. Somewhere dangerous. Somewhere risky. If you're not part of a vision that's going somewhere, that's risky, that's dangerous, you're not believing God big enough. You're not part of a vision that's big enough. Connect with a dream that's focused on reaching the community and transforming lives. Put your hand to the plow and don't look back. Today is a new day. It will bring brand new blessings and brand new battles. But within every uncertainty, there is hidden possibility. So I don't dread any challenge that lies ahead because I remember all the victories behind and my confidence is not in my circumstance. The Spirit of God is my supply. I'm steady under pressure, and I'm ready for whatever, because whatever comes my way today, the outcome is I overcome. Christ is in me. I am enough. I can handle it. I can't afford to stay afraid or let my faith hesitate. My purpose is at stake. And he who called me is faithful. His strength in me is greater than any pain I feel or enemy I face. The promise of God is mine for the taking. Every plan he has made is guaranteed to come to pass. It will happen. If I don't back down, if I won't let go, it will happen. If I don't stop short, if I won't sell out, it will happen by faith. But faith doesn't take the fear away. It teaches me to fight it. So bring the battle. I'm ready now. I got something for Goliath. I can handle it. My power flows from presence. So I won't stay stuck in what was or worry about what will be. My regrets have been redeemed and my tests have become my lessons. My focus is fixed and my heart is expected. I'm set. I'm not nervous about what's next because my eyes are on the throne. I trust the one who's in complete control, the one who already knows how he's going to work it according to his purpose. Even the worst situations are sure to turn in my favor. If I keep moving forward, keep moving toward him, God is with me in this moment. And whatever happens, I can handle it. I 
Till then 